They understood that in terms of these fruits of the Spirit, the result of Jesus and the Holy Spirit living in our lives, that we produce fruit. That when we experience Jesus, we are not the same person that we were before. And Paul writes that there's conflict going on, and when there's conflict in your life, that these fruits can be evident in your life. This morning, we're going to talk about faithfulness. One thing I love about faithfulness is we love to see it in other people. It's a beautiful picture, but sometimes it's so hard to live out. In fact, the psalmist writes this in Psalm, oh, I'm sorry. These are the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5, and it says this, the fruit of the Spirit is, and let's read this together, church, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Man, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of messes in our life, don't you wish those would be evident? And the psalmist in Psalm 86 says, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And when we have chaos and conflict in our lives, we can rest in the foundation that God is a compassionate, gracious God. That God is slow to anger, full of love, full of faithfulness. So when chaos enters into our lives, we can stand firm on the foundation knowing that I am serving a God who loves and cares for me. A God that is full of love, full of faithfulness. And that's where I plant my feet when conflict comes my way. And it's God's faithfulness that sustains us in the midst of worry, in the midst of conflict, when we want to flee and run in the opposite direction. It's God who stands firm and says, I am with you no matter what faces ahead of you. And we love that about God. It's one of the reasons why we worship, because we love the faithfulness of God. That's what our faith is in, is the faithfulness of who God is. But what does it happen when it comes to ours and our lives? And Paul writes that this faithfulness can be yours. Because if I asked every single one of us here this morning, you would say, I want to have a faithful life. To the end, I want to be faithful to my spouse. I want to be faithful to my kids. I want to be faithful to the way in who God created me. I want to be faithful to the church. I want to be faithful to the mission of Jesus Christ. In the end, we all wish and hope that one day, at the end of life, we have been faithful to God, faithful to family, faithful to friends. But we know in life there's messes. And it always doesn't happen that way. So this morning, we're going to center faithfulness around three conversations. Each is going to be a word, and that's why the three chairs are up here. There's a picture for every word of how we get distracted from this fruit of the Spirit called faithfulness. So if you will, if you're a note taker, you're going to want to grab your note. And before I say this, I want you to repeat these words, beginning today. Go ahead. One more time. Beginning today. Whether you've been faithful in your past or not, with your spouse, 
with your job, with your kids, whatever it is, beginning today, you can be faithful. Today's a new beginning. So anytime throughout this message you said, I failed at faithfulness long ago, today's a new day, repeat, say beginning today in your mind, beginning today, beginning today, today's a new day, beginning today, I'm going to be faithful. So here's word number one, word picture number one. In our lives, pace can destroy our faithfulness. You see, conflict strikes quickly. Tragedy strikes quickly. But faithfulness is slow. This is a community that had two teenagers, two girls, tragically killed in a car accident. And this high school, this community is just broken. Because tragedy strikes quick. Evil strikes quick. But faithfulness moses. They're distraught, they're destroyed. And there's a softball coach who continues to coach not only the girls in their sport, but continues to coach them in life and through this horrible accident that happened at the high school. And 20 years later, on the year of the anniversary of the car accident, they interview one girl that was best friends, and the interviewer says, how did you get through the high school years after that horrible accident? Your two best friends taken away from you. She says, it was the faithfulness of my softball coach that was there the whole time for me. The pace of life kills us because we want instant gratification. We want answers now. And if we don't get it, we go on to the next thing. Several years ago, my wife and I had a miscarriage. One of the most devastating things. In the midst of that, going out to the store and letting my son and daughter pick out baby clothes. And then to have to tell them they're not going to have that baby brother. Because tragedy and evil strikes quickly. But I know this, God, you will be faithful. I may not, I want the answers now, but I may never get the answers until the end of life. But one thing's true. My faith will be steadfast in you. Faithfulness paces slowly. Faithfulness is not a sprint in life. Faithfulness is a marathon. And so often we want it now. And the enemy of the pace of life for faithfulness is we just get bored. We just go on to the next thing. We want quick fixes in life. But faithfulness is slow. The next conversation picture of an hourglass. Longevity. Longevity. Any organization that you look at that has just been successful, any sports team that has been successful, there's longevity there. 
longevity in their leadership and their coaches and their president, their CEO, whatever it is, it's their faithfulness of their leadership, longevity. And we're told in Scripture, if you want, we'll jump into, uh, in the Older Testament, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 7 and hang there. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, 1 Samuel, we're actually taught about a little boy named Samuel who's dedicated to the Lord, the priest of the times by the name of Eli. Eli's there. Um, Samuel's mom drops him off. Samuel's a boy. He goes to sleep. He hears his name. Samuel, Samuel. He thinks it's the priest Eli calling him. He wakes up, says, what do you want, Eli? Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Eli goes back to bed. It happens a second time. Samuel, Samuel. He gets up. Eli says, I didn't call you, Samuel. Whoa. Maybe you're hearing from God. So next time, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel goes back to bed. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And we're introduced to Samuel as a little boy who hears from God. And then all of a sudden, Samuel drops off the mat for three chapters. We have no idea what happens. And when we're reintroduced to Samuel, we're reintroduced to Samuel that he's an old man setting the nation into a spiritual revival. And all of a sudden, you're left wondering, what happened? Man, here's a little boy that's hearing from God, and all of a sudden, he's an old man. Like, what happened in between those years? And we're told in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 15, and it's on the screen for you, it says this, Samuel continued as Israel leader, and read it in yellow, all the days of his life. That's a long time. We don't know what happened, but we know this. All the days of his life, he was there. From year to year, he went on a circuit from Bethel to Gilgal to Mitzvah, judging Israel in all those places. Every single year, he did this circuit. Bethel, Gilgal, Mitzvah. Bethel, Gilgal, Mitzvah. Seeing the same family, seeing the same friends, seeing the same roads, seeing the same places over and over. The rest of his life, from as a boy, from hearing to God, to a leader, as a grown man ready to give up, he is on this circuit that's just spinning the same thing over and over, every single year, Bethel, Gilgal, Mitzvah. Bethel, Gilgal, Mitzvah. Bethel, Gilgal, Mitzvah. Over and over. And some of us, we would get so incredibly bored with that. And some of us feel like we're just on this tire going round and round and round. And we're getting bored. But yet Samuel, as he's just going around and around, the same thing every year, every year, over and over and over. He's setting an incredible national revival in Israel. And some of you, you're on the same job every day, doing the same thing over and over and over but maybe God has you on that circuit for a reason. See, the longest, greatest impact comes with the greatest connection you have.
But so many of us get bored. We get bored of the wheel. We get so tired of this wheel. We just want to move to the next new thing. And oftentimes when we move to the next new thing, what happens is we miss the greatest opportunity to impact people. Perhaps God's got you on his circuit in your job for a reason. Perhaps God's got you in the neighborhood that you've been wanting to get out for so long. You've been on this wheel. You're tired. You're bored. But perhaps God's got you in the neighborhood in the house you are in for a reason. Your greatest impact could be because you're on the circuit that God has you on and there's a reason behind it. You know, often I ask the person, why did you have an affair? Because it's the same wife every single day. Same kids, over and over and over, and I'm bored. Why are you jumping from job to job to job? Because it's the same thing over and over, over and over, and I'm bored. Longevity kills our faithfulness because we just want to move to the next thing. But Samuel... Year after year after year, Bethel, Gilgal to Mitzvah. You ever think year to year from a boy to an old man, he ever got tired of it? I'm sure he did, but it's the faithfulness in God saying, God, maybe you have me here for the reason that I'm there to go to start the spiritual revival in your place. Longevity. How's your longevity right now? Find something and stick with it. And if it's a spouse, stick with it for a long time, okay? (laughs) And ask yourself, God, why do you have me here? What is it? Because I am getting bored. But maybe God's got you there for a reason. The other thing, third word, third conversation on faithfulness. It's this idea of a ball. Resilience. Resilience. It's the art of bouncing back up when you've been knocked down. It's the art of when you in life are up high and get knocked down, you pick yourself back up and dust off and continue to move forward. Listen, if you're not dead, God's not done with you. God's done with you when you're six feet under. And God has called you home. That's when your work's done. Whether you're six years old or 96 years old, God still has purpose in your life. Oftentimes, life hurts. Family will hurt us. Friends will hurt us. Coworkers will hurt us. But resilience says, I will not let that define me. I'm bouncing back up because of who God is. I'm a child of God. And God has mission and plan for me. And I'm moving forward. How many of you are ready to throw in the towel because your marriage is hitting rock bottom right now? Let me see. If God can raise himself from the dead, God can raise your marriage from death. How many of you are sick and tired of that kid that is just not listening? (laughs) That was a lot of hmm there in the front row, man. (laughs) I spoke, I I touched the cord there, didn't I? (laughs) to get back up. 
I'm not done with you as a parent, but I'm not done with your child either. Man, you are so fed up with work, I'm done with my boss. God's saying to you this morning, get back up. Faithfulness doesn't quit. Faithfulness is going to the end. Resilience. I'm going to ask those who are going to NTS and the leaders, will you please come on stage? NTS peeps. And you could turn and face them, not me. Tomorrow, we have 23 teens and four adult leaders heading out to never the same camp. And kids, I want to speak to you on faithfulness this morning. Kids, teens, I'm sorry. You're going to go on one of the most spiritual highs you have ever been all year. It's camp. You're going to see 800 students your age worshiping God with their hands raised. It's going to be awesome. Some of you are going to make the decision for the first time in your life to surrender to Jesus. Some of you are going to recommit your life to Jesus. But the question becomes, how faithful will you be when camp's done? Because there's the spiritual slump that tends to happen. You're on the spiritual high. You guys are all lovey-dovey to each other because you know how that goes at camp. You're on the spiritual high. And then a month later, you're home. And how's your faith? The question I have for you If pace affects our faithfulness, how are you going to pace your life when you get back home? We have youth group for a reason, to help you continue to develop your faith. But pace of life, especially when school resumes, sports are going to come up, other things are going to get in the way, and what's the easiest thing to check off and just push aside will be youth group on Sunday night. Your faithfulness matters. Your longevity. What does that look like? What does it look like in the long run when life is getting tough in the fall and the school year now? And it's easier just to go with a group of friends. But God's tugging on your heart saying, remember that decision you made at camp a couple months back. Stick it out. And then resilience. When life throws you the curveball, When peer pressure comes your way, what are you going to do? There's a heavenly father who is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And no, after on that spiritual high, there's an enemy out there that's going to want to kick you down. I pray that you guys remain faithful to God. Because there's people out here that can tell it's the greatest decision you will ever make. It's a game changer. Remain faithful. Remain faithful. Before I pray for you, can you guys all get in the middle real quick? Like all of you? I'm going to grab a selfie. (laughs) Come on, I'm in your world now, kids, boys and girls. Let's do this, all right? I know how to do this. Let's go. Are you guys all in the middle? I don't know how to work this thing, but we're doing it. Wait, I got to turn the camera. I'm getting all you. Hey, there we go. Are y'all in it? Is this how you guys know how to work this? I don't want to know how to work it. 
All right. No, I don't have you guys. You girls. In it, in it, in it. In it, in it, in it. Three, two, one. Did it take? Hands. I got it. Oh, got it. All right, thanks. Hey, let me pray for you guys before you go sit. Let me pray. Father God, tomorrow is a big step for many of these teens. Many of them have never been to Never the Same Camp. The reason why it's called Never the Same is because they will never be the same when they experience you. So God, as we talk about this fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness, when conflict comes these teens' way, when mess comes their way, when life throws them the curveball, I pray for faithfulness. I pray they never lose sight of you, Jesus. May they never lose sight. We pray for safety. We pray for spiritual awakening in their lives. We pray for your hand of protection, that you would watch over them, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen. amen. Thanks for coming up. Thank you, thank you. I want to close by asking a question. Can you go to my question, Anthony? When did you quit? When did you quit? Who retired you? faithfulness. When conflict and chaos and mess of life come right screaming at you, it's faithfulness that Moses. It's slow. It's faithfulness that says in the long run, I'm not quitting. It may get bored, but God, why do you have me where I'm at? It's longevity. It's faithfulness that says, when I get knocked down, God, I'm bouncing back up, and I will still worship you in the midst of all this chaos and conflict in my life. It's over my head, but it's under your feet. And that's what I remain in. My faith remains steadfast in you. I'm going to close with Jesus. It's his last week of his life on earth, and Jesus gives a parable of a master who leaves a fortune, some uh, fortune to his servants and says, hey, invest wisely. And he, he's gone for a long time. He comes back. And as Jesus is sharing this, he says, one of the people there invested wisely. And these are Jesus' words found in Matthew 25. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Well done.
done. And this past week, we had someone put their faith in Jesus for their first time. We had to change the numbers on the back wall just this week. And it was a joy to change it. But I pray for this person that they would continue to have faithfulness to one day when they stand before God, they hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. You did what I asked of you. Now inherit my kingdom. And I pray for many more moving forward. That as we continue to minister, more and more people will hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. We remain steadfast in God's faithfulness. And our vision is to live like Jesus, share his love. When faithfulness is played out, it's beautiful in someone's life. How can you remain faithful to that person you love, whether it's your spouse, a kid, a child, a friend, when they're unlovable? How can you remain faithful when people are unfaithful to you? Don't let their unfaithfulness affect your faithfulness. Because your faithfulness may be exactly what they need to make a complete turnaround. It's you in their life. It's you. So let me pray for you. Father God, we just love your faithfulness. We love when life is messy, when we're in conflict, when our flesh is going and saying one thing and our spirit's saying another, we love knowing that you are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and compassion and faithfulness. We love that fact. And God, as Paul writes to this region in Galatia, that when you come and invade our lives and we surrender to you, that this fruit is evident in our lives. So God, may we remain faithful to you, to those around us, to our spouse, to our kids, to our grandkids, our nieces and nephews, our neighbors and our coworkers, our classmates. Because who knows, God? Maybe our faithfulness is exactly what they need to turn their eyes to you. May you give us the strength we need in the pits of life to remain faithful. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, our ushers, you may come forward. You want to grab that connection card at the bottom of your bulletin. Go ahead and rip that thing off. Don't forget the backside is for you. Prayer requests and praises. We lift it up confidentially as staff, as well as our prayer team. And if you're a first-time guest with us, we want to welcome you to Radiant Life. You can take your connection card and go to Radiant Cafe and grab free drinks on us. Also, as Pastor Josh said, we have online giving. Check out the website, theradiantlife.church, and you can go, and many families have already started using online giving, a fast, convenient way for you as a spiritual act 
of giving back to God what he's blessed us with. Let's pray. Father, bless both the gift and the giver. Because our faithful giving allows just one person from this past week to say, I've put my faith and trust into Jesus Christ. It allows your kingdom to go. It allows other people to experience your Holy Spirit that we need so desperately in life. So Father, use this to build your kingdom. Use this to help people go from darkness into light. Use this to allow people to go from a stinky life to a radiant life in Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As the plate comes by, we're going to close with a couple worship songs. Will you please stand as the plate passes by?